Rachel, welcome to the Passion with Purpose podcast. Thank you so much for being here. Thank you so much, Nate. I'm so pumped. I'm so pumped to be here. Absolutely. Okay, so we have Rachel Traxler. Now, for anybody who doesn't know Rachel Traxler, who is she? Like, tell us a little bit about who you are, um, your life as a person, but also just like your professional life, how you got to where you are today. Oh, goodness. Well, yes, my name is Rachel Traxler. I am a Wisconsin wedding photographer and also a photography business coach. And I think it's always funny. I always start with this story because I always say I never wanted to become a photographer. Like I never (laughs) wanted to become a full-time wedding photographer. That was like my thing. Like I'm not going to do it. That was just never my plan for myself, I guess you could say. Um, Before I was a photographer, I worked in the medical field. I worked in the cancer center at Mayo Clinic. And so I worked in the medical field and I didn't know that at the time, but I'm an Enneagram type seven. And Mm -hmm. so I was the job in the medical field. I was like following protocols in a windowless office, like, you know, like healthcare, like really following protocols. And what I did was help figure out like what chemo regimen would be best for patients and like working with the oncologists and working with patients and stuff like that. And I loved that because I love helping people. But um, I felt like God's calling for me just wasn't there. And I think it's really crazy because Trent is the one that my husband, he kind of inspired me and pushed me. He's like, you know, you should just go full-time photography. I'm like, nope, nope, I don't want to. I don't want to. I like did that was not my plan for myself. That's not yep. what you want to do. And that the medical field job was kind of going downhill. My photography job, um, career, I guess, was kind of picking up and I just felt like God was literally just like opening the doors and be like, this is the direction I want you to go. And I was like, fine, I will listen. (laughs) I will do what you are calling me to do. Um, And it did. And it just led me down a path of like that. I didn't even know I had in me. I didn't, I never envisioned for myself. And it's really cool too, because he's even just like, I feel like led me down a path of now being able to help other people like live out their best lives and like help their businesses and stuff too. So it's such a beautiful, like full circle thing to just see like one thing that I just listened and just called me to do other things. I had just everything I've done. It's never been my plan. Mm -hmm. And I've just listened to that. And that's kind of just how I got to and where I'm at today a little bit. That's so cool. No, it's so awesome hearing people's stories and kind of where people started and how that almost like influenced what they do now. And just like, I think some people are always so fixated on like, well, what's like the 50 year plan or something. It's like, honestly, I don't know yet. (laughs) Like who does? But also I think it's just really nice to kind of see how, in every season, you have to like take the next step and you you don't know where the Lord's going to take you. You don't know like what is going to like spring out of nowhere. Like it's just, you kind of just got to take one step at a time, but that's so cool. I never knew that you were in the medical field and like mm-hmm. that you had that background um, and that you worked with those type of people. It's like, I think that must've been like a very, um, I don't know, formative time of your life a little bit. Oh, very much so because it was right out of college. And I also was a dancer my whole life. And so uh, this all was happening at once where college ended for me, dance ended for me, and I was moving to a new city and I got this new job and something. And being, it's kind of crazy because I feel like photographers, we can relate to this too. I was a dancer all up until the age of like 22. And I was always Rachel, the dancer. I'm a dancer. That was my identity. I'm a dancer. And I felt like 
I lost that. And then I didn't know it all happened and ended at once. I didn't know what my identity was lost. And that was yeah. such a good reminder that my identity is not rooted in that. Yeah. And I needed to find that differently. But I also think I kind of got lost with that in that a little bit now being a photographer. And then now I'm and back into that, like, I'm Rachel, I'm a photographer type of thing. Yeah. You know, it's so easy for us to do, to do that. Um, and so, yeah, that kind of, I don't know where I'm going with that. But, no, I totally but, get that though. That's yeah. so relatable. It just yeah. kind of has like, it's kind of, it's kind of like you almost get so engrossed in that you do have to kind of ground yourself and be like, oh wait, mm -hmm. but no, like my worth is I, I'm a person. <laughs> you know what I mean? I don't have yes. to perform <laughs> at something to, in order to be something in order totally. to like, be worth something. Totally. Um, okay. So I would love to talk a little bit about client experience. That's, that's one of their main topics today. And I would just like to talk a little bit about like, what is that phrase? Or I guess I was going to say word, but it's definitely two words. <laughs> um, what does that mean to you? And um, yeah, just like, what does client experience mean to you? Oh yeah. Client experience is just my jam. I found that that was just the biggest transformation and biggest impact that I had in my business. I mm -hmm. found that I was so... Like in my earlier years, in my earlier part of my career, I found, I didn't know what was missing. I couldn't like yeah. pinpoint what was wrong. Something was not clicking. Something just wasn't translating well. And that's when I was able to kind of just like strip everything down and just kind of rebuild things back. And what do, what am I really good at? I love like having connection with people. Like people have always said, I'm really personable, that type of thing. And so I, th I always thought like, you have to be so professional with, right. with yeah. like your, when you're business. And obviously um, we've talked about this before, Nathan too, that's kind of like out the door now, like just yeah. forget about that. Yeah. But at the time, that's like what I was thinking. And I realized when I really did strip this down and like looked at everything, I realized that client experience, because I think a lot of people, like think of client experience as just like what you're gifting your clients and yeah. what you're like doing that way. When, when I looked at client experience, it is every single thing you do in your business. It all huh. relates back to the experience that you're providing your clients. It's somehow circling back. And yeah. what's really cool is not only even that, of what you're doing to like provide your clients like a good experience, but it's even before you're even in contact with your clients yeah. too, like the experience you're providing to them. And so client experience me, I've kind of even like broke it down a little bit just because client experience is so much like, and it is a big topic. I've kind of broken it down into like kind of two sections okay. where what I have found worked really well for me is client experience and then client connection because they're kind of a little, because it's such a heavy topic, um, a heavy loaded topic. It's again, literally everything you do your business. It's nice to break it down a little bit. So I always say that client experience is just everything you do basically in your business on the back end, the communication, the workflows you have set in place, um, your branding, the way you're doing, even like your invoices, like literally everything comes down to that. Client connection is the connection you're like creating with your clients in person and on their wedding day and that connection afterwards and not even just with your clients, but their guests and their families and like that connection you're kind of like fostering 
with them and like everything about their session or their wedding day with that. So it's kind of like two little sections is what I found worked really well, breaking it down into two different things because you're connecting and then you're also giving an experience. Yeah. And, and it's almost like, I think it's so good that you recognize that there is like two different camps of it because sometimes we blur those two together and we just think that they're the same thing. And then you almost miss going deep with both of them because Mm. we're just like, Oh, well, they're both kind of the same thing. Um, You had kind of talked about, you're like, something fell off in your business at this time what what were the manifestations of that like how did you notice like oh something's not right here yeah it just was a lot I had like kind of like a pivotal moment I remember like so clearly coming home from a wedding um like driving home from a wedding that everything went wrong with everything went wrong the didn't vibe with the couple the timeline didn't mesh um just little even communications where we just weren't on the same page everything went wrong it rained that day oh, <laughs> and like no. everything everything went wrong this was just not and i just remember just crying in the car and like on my way home and i always say that's such a pivotal moment for me because that's when i knew like i need to change and yeah. i'm such the type of person that i'm the way I, my brain thinks is okay this went wrong what did I do and how could I make that better? Especially mm-hmm. as like a service-based business, as an entrepreneur, we always need to take responsibility, I think, because mm-hmm. I think a lot of times we just get, I see this just for an example of someone, like if someone gets an inquiry and like their budget is low, they're like, oh, well, they're just not my ideal client. But it's like, that's not necessarily like, I know it's a completely different topic, but that's not necessarily what that means. It's like, mm-hmm. how can we take it upon ourselves to make it better to build Mm -hmm. upon that. So that wedding for me was such a pivotal moment of like, okay, something needs to change. I like went home and I, like I said, I just stripped down everything I had, everything I thought I was doing, doing right. I just took it all away and I built it from the ground up and like took it basically from the very first point of contact, like all throughout, what does that like walked through the whole journey? Like, what does that actually like look like? What are they experiencing? And to be honest, Almost a decade, almost a decade down the road that I have been photographing weddings and booking weddings, um, I'm still changing and improving it because there's yeah. always going to be gaps. And like, that's what's really cool about client experiences. It doesn't matter if you've been doing this a year, 10 years, 15 years, however long you've been doing it, there is always room for improvement. And people are always thinking they're doing something right when there maybe there's a better way. Um, yeah. So I always love that because I'm always like, oh, how can I make it better? So yeah. if I ever get like a problem or an issue or something like that, my initial thought is, ooh, that's like, I'm excited. How can I make that better? Yeah, which is good that you go there because I do think yeah. that there's a lot of people that maybe don't have that. Um, I guess like positive uh, lean towards something, something that solves the problem. Cause I know for me, like when I was in my first few years, like I definitely was in that kind of space of like, Oh, you know, something goes wrong. Like this is like a personal knock against me and I'm like going to take the identity Mm. for it. And I'm going to be like, you know, like I am like a bad photographer or something like that. But when you can actually assess it from a, this happened, kind of just state the fact this happened. How can I solve this problem? And how can I make this not happen next time? And just use it as a learning experience. And now like, even for you, this has produced so much for you that you can actually speak on this and you can actually help people with this and coach your students with this. And this has just created like a massive opportunity for you, you know? Yeah. And I love it too, because it is the one thing that I think has really transformed my business. I've seen it like help. I've helped other people with it. I've seen like what it's kind of done for that. And I know there's just like a ton of, you know, almost 
like you're saying, kind of like misconceptions, I guess, in a way of yeah. like maybe what client experience is or maybe not thinking they or they think uh, what a lot of people I think I see is they think they're doing it and they're not or sure. they're not doing it in a way that actually is more of a coming point from more of a place of service, I guess. So tell, tell us a little bit about that. Where do you kind of see that kind of coming into play? Like, mm, that's not necessarily what you would consider client experience. Totally. Um, and there's like, there's a few things too, because obviously, like I said, client experience is everything, but I think a lot of people are just when they, like you were saying, it's such a huge topic and word that when they hear client experience, they think of like gifts or like sending a welcome guide. Yeah. And so that's, two, those are the two things that I'm always like, I see people like, well, I am giving a good experience because I give them a welcome gift and I give yeah. them a welcome guide. And, and I think people like when they think they have that, they think that's a good experience, which okay. people don't realize that there's so much more that goes into that. And then even it's like, yeah. Hey, listen, I love give, gifts is everything. That's, that's great. But like, also do, like what's your client's love language? Mm -hmm. is, is it gifts? Like what if it's not gifts and you're not actually mm -hmm. serving them in a way that's like serve, like yeah. they feel loved. And then also like, look at your welcome guide, because I think a lot of people just jam pack everything they think should be in a client experience and just shove it into a welcome guide yeah. and say, that's good. When in reality, you don't want to overwhelm your clients. So yeah. you actually don't want some certain things in your welcome guide that a lot of people put in there because it's not something your client's going to need, be needing at that point. It's not going to be yeah. something they're thinking about at that point and it's going to overwhelm them. So yeah. you really, it's all about like, there's such an art about timing what information you're giving them when and not overwhelming them um, with just so much stuff, you know, like all yeah. up at once. So it's like, okay, you're doing that, but like, what's in that? Let's look at that and right. let's kind of dissect that a little bit because you may think you're doing that right, but maybe there's some other maybe ways we could you do could, better. Maybe we could do better. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. So, yeah. so tell us, like, let's talk about kind of like, what are some ways that you have up-leveled your client experience? Yeah. Oh my goodness. Um, like there's so much, but I always say like the way that like we think of our like client experience, that it's our first point of contact with them. Okay. You know what I mean? Like when we send that initial inquiry response from when they reach out, that's our that's our first point of contact of like our client experience starts. Uh -huh. But their client experience with you starts way before they even reach out to you. Mm, it starts when it starts when they hear about you, they hear your name, they stumble across your uh, social media. Where in their social media, where in your social media are they stumbling across from you? Mm -hmm. Like it could be something you posted months ago. It could be a mm -hmm. Pinterest pin that you posted three years ago. Mm -hmm. Where is that getting led to? What call to actions are you do like are you having in that piece yeah. of like social media content post to make them want to get you know in touch with you? Also, it could be like a friend that like recommended you, or they could have seen you at a wedding. You yep. just have no idea when someone's experience is starting with you. True. You you have no control over that, and so. That's the only control we have is when we start the client experience with them. And that's our initial yeah. inquiry response, which yeah. that's like a whole other thing in itself. So do, wait, do we have any like, okay, if I was kind of like to think of how people are finding out about me, mm -hmm. um, is there a way to almost like, should I tailor what I put out based on that client experience or where I show up or how I show up? Like, 
how would you how would you kind of speak to that yeah i would just i guess my own suggestion would just be to really clearly communicate like your brand and like really mm -hmm. focus like focusing on like powerful messaging and copy so yeah. like getting really clear on like your brand voice and like who you are who you serve mm -hmm. how you serve them and like your unique method and approach to kind of what you do because i feel like a lot yeah. of people we just put to, i mean it's it's hard when you're wrapped up in this industry and you're just you know you're doing these things and everyone starts to like adapt to certain verbiage mm -hmm. and like all kind of look the same and like yeah I mean, I've been there too. Like, don't get me wrong. Like when I was trying to find my footing and my brand and who I am and my voice, I got wrapped. I mean, it's hard yeah. not to. I'm not saying that I haven't. I'm saying from experience that that has happened to me too. And it's truly when you figure out like who you truly are, your brand, your copy, and like really then you can focus on like powerful messaging and, yeah. and all that stuff. And um, that I think really helps with just being able to attract or directly repel the types of people that should work with you. Because what happened for me is I actually got branded. I did a full branding suite okay. way, way too early, like way too early in my business. Because like, I thought that's what I needed. That's the shiny, bright, right. fun, visual thing as a visual creative that I thought I needed. And what happened is I realized... I got brand and it was beautiful brand, beautiful. Um, I still love it, but it also just, I realized like the types of inquiries I was getting, I'm like this just, something's not clicking. Yeah. Like this just isn't right. And then once I finally like analyzed it and I'm like, this branding is a hundred percent, hundred percent speaking to this type of client, which are the types of yeah. inquiries I'm getting, which isn't exactly who I am. So then when we're meeting in person, their experience with me is tainted because it's not making sense who I yep. am online and who we are when we, we meet in person and that experience and connect, it's not clicking. And as soon as it doesn't click, you it breaks trust with them and that right. breaks their experience. And so I got branded too early, realized it wasn't attracting all that. So then I had to like also kind of figure that all out too. Uh -huh. I would say that is um, a really good way kind of to focus something. To focus yeah. On. And, and I think also, you know, like if you have a situation where it kind of even the process of getting to the inquiry, uh, to the inquiry page, to the inquiry process with you. Mm -hmm. um, like, what does that look like for each potential client? You know, even like I sometimes talk about like the fact that if you aren't telling your potential customer, like, this is how I book people. This is what you can expect from me. Like, this is how soon I'm going to respond to your email. This is like what I'm going to send you. Um, all these types of things. Like, um, even I mean, sometimes even people give away like a little bit of like prices on their website. If, if you're not giving them some of these points of information, they really have no expectation and they're really not being guided anywhere. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, and so like, yeah. I think that's also like really important to, it's like you, the branding, but then also like the, like, Hey, this is even logistically what to expect from me. Because if they're going on your website, they're navigating through your website and they're like, okay, I can't even freaking find the inquiry page. I can't find the about me page. <laughs> like I can't find an FAQ page. I can't, I, I don't know what to do. I mean, they're probably going to bounce, but if they don't and they still do inquire and maybe you do end up booking them, it's still starting the relationship off kind of on a bad foot because totally. you haven't been serving them well, even just with like, you know, your website or with your social platforms or something like that. Everything you just said is a hundred percent client experience because yeah, exactly. like you're exactly right because the way they experience your website 
is an experience with you. Yes. Like that's how they're experiencing. And exactly like you said, if you don't have funnels set in place, like exactly what you said, like getting them, like I was saying, you never know when they're going to and what piece of content and where they're going right. to land in as their first point of contact with you and like their mm-hmm. first point of experience. So it's like, how are you, no matter what you're putting out there, funneling them into what you essentially want them to do, which the ultimate goal is to just fill out your contact form. Mm-hmm. So like, how is every piece of content you're putting, funneling them into getting them to yep. fill out your contact form or getting them whatever your call to action is, you know, yep. or like whatever your intention is for that. Um, so like that's making it easy. You know, easy. That's the main goal. Understandable, convenient. Like it kills me the fact that like, um, I I guess like so many people I see getting like so upset over like oh like I don't want to pay for a service that you know like people can e-sign contracts or people can pay invoices online. I'm like, but that's a bad client experience if they like if they like I had a couple when I it was like my second year of photography and I remember like I was still doing. I I was still like doing checks as payment. Mm -hmm. And I remember I had a couple that was like, we want to pay with a credit card. We want to get like the, like, I don't know, the points. with The points. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. Especially people who are about to get married. They want those points. Like sometimes they want those points to like get the, uh, the honeymoon flights. Yes, exactly. (laughs) Um, And so I remember I was like, I don't have a credit card uh, processor set up right now. So like, I can't bad client experience. You know what I'm saying? So yeah. it's like, it's even in these like random nitty gritty things that you're talking about that I'm just like mind blown. Cause I'm like, it's not just like, Oh, here's a gift. You exactly. know what I, mean? <laughs> I think that's sometimes what we think it is. And yeah. That's all it is. And it's like, but no, and it's not, it's yeah. not even the case. Exactly. Like you said, yeah. It's like, like I was, it's down to invoices. Like yep. it's down to things that you would never categorize as client experience. Yep. That is client experience. Like exactly. it's, it is just, yeah, it's a lot. And I don't know, like, <laughs> It's just, like I said, everything, I think. And a lot of people do feel like, you know, even like it's a saturated market or something like, you know, people like, like, I can't stand out. Like I can't stand out. And I'm always like, your, the, like your client experience is your one, is your one way. It is your one way to stand out because it's all, you know, we want you, I want you to be different. Like, yes, we all want to be our own because that's going to, directly attract or repel the types of people that you are working with. And I always say, I feel like client experience is definitely like the one thing that stands you out from anyone else because you are essentially just being yourself and serving clients in the way that you serve people. No one else can do it that way you do. Absolutely. And I'm assuming like, how have you noticed, I'm assuming this would have caused like some differences in your business or even like the differences in like the way that clients maybe interact with you mm-hmm. as they're working with you? Like how have you noticed any of those type of differences? Yeah. Like I just feel like when I even meet my clients in person or even just like I meet like my students in person or something like that, it's it's always the same thing of you are exactly how you are online. Yeah. Like this is exactly what I expected of yes. you. And like that obviously is a, a huge compliment because it's really hard to do. I think these days it's like, or yeah. it's, I guess, easier, but it is hard to show up as yourself or like, I know you and I talked about this, like, yeah. oh, you do something that's like, doesn't feel right. But like, it is hard to do, hard yeah. to find like, your brand like, voice. Who am I? <laughs> who am I? Or like, it's hard to find your brand voice and like all yeah. that stuff. So it's like when you're doing that, but not only does that feel good, but that's also delivering a good client experience yes because absolutely. that's immediately building trust and that that shifts directly into the client connection 
portion of it because that con client connection portion is like the in-person like interaction stuff like that so when those two bridges like they fill that gap like that trust is immediately built because you can either make or break that trust right then and there yep. so for me that's i see think the biggest thing that i've seen and i feel like once you build that trust as a photographer that is one of the most key like, that's one of the most key elements you can ever have as a photographer with your clients is the fact that they trust you and that they feel like that yeah like that no like trust factor because if they don't have that it does impact the art i've found and it mm -hmm. really does impact like the the final product that i'm delivering back to them you know totally totally you're right because then yeah because when they trust you then they are opening up and being able to do you you're just cre able to be so much more creative and create that like magic yeah. you know when they yep. trust you and they're comfortable with you versus you can tell when people are kind of reserved and shut down a little bit exactly maybe something happens where like you even as a photographer get kind of shut down a little bit yes. too so it's like it's just opening up just to make it just the best possible experience and outcome exactly like what you said yep so if like let's say someone were to be like okay but like i'm not the type of person that needs like a top-notch client experience like yeah i just feel like an average client experience is going to cut it and it's going to be like fine and um and maybe maybe this person isn't like taking their business as seriously as they should or something like that like i don't know like would how would you say this is going to be worth it for you yeah. I mean, it totally just depends. Cause like you said, it depends on like what your goal is. Like, right. do you want to keep this like as a hobby, you know, side thing, or do you want to actually take it full time and step up and kind of be like an in-demand photographer, you know, like have that, because if that's the case, then I personally don't advise that you cut corners right. <laughs> um, on your experience, just from personal experience myself of just like what I've been able to do for my business, what I've been able to like kind of help other people see, like, seeing that it actually like does make all the difference mm -hmm. um that i feel like it just has direct ref like reflection on all of that um but it also it just i don't know it just depends i think what you want to do i think if you want to grow your business you want to make it a full time you want to kind of be an in-demand photographer kind of like the go-to photographer in your area all those things i do think that client experience is yeah. definitely not something you want to cut corners on um and I always say too, if you can't, because a lot of people think of gifts when they think of client experience, mm -hmm. it is not about the gifts. If you can't afford the gifts and your packages right now, skip it. There yeah. is so many other ways to serve your clients than gifts. So, so many other ways. <laughs> so wait, let me just talk about that a second. Yeah. Talk to me a little bit about gifts and just your opinions on them. I, I think it's interesting because I've had multiple conversations with other photographers about just the topic of like client gifts and like mm -hmm. what a good client experience is and like ways you can serve them and just go above and beyond. Cause I think a gift would fall into the category of like above and beyond. So like, I guess, what would you say about gifts in general? And then what would you say to someone who's like, you know, gifts aren't really my thing. Can I supplement and substitute elsewhere with other things? Totally. Okay. I agree with you, Nathan, how gifts are kind of just like an above and beyond thing. I love the way yeah. that you said that because I totally agree with that. Um, because yeah, if you can't do that or even like a physical thing, because I know some people say, oh, well, I really want to get my welcome guide printed. I'm like, mm -hmm. but okay. So if you're really trying to look at how you can, you know, be really efficient with mm -hmm. like your profitability and like what you're doing, what you're, do you really need to print that? I know it's mm -hmm. really pretty when you see other photographers showcase everything they do. I know I get it. It makes me want to do it too. <laughs> but really ultimately, 
do your clients, for me personally, I like having it digitally. It's easy for me to make edits. It's easy for my clients to just have on their phone and have on hand at any time if they're on the go and have a question or want to reference something versus being like, oh, my guide's at home. You know what I mean? Or like you could do both digitally and physical. That's totally fine. But like, it's you can serve them in so much way so many ways and just even having like a workflow too because i think a lot of people when you have like a set workflow they think of oh just getting them you know booked getting them the contract sent doing all those yep. things and then kind of getting them prepped for their wedding but i always love having like a nurture sequence in my workflow and that's basically i have my specific workflow broken down into three phases and so it's my on my onboarding my nurture sequence and my offboarding and so, yeah, and like a lot of people, and like there's a really a true art to that initial inquiry, like that onboarding phase. Uh -huh. And then that nurture sequence, like the nurture phase is where a lot of people just don't do that. And what's yeah. so cool about having a nurture phase is you can serve the heck out of them. You can, this is the, my favorite part, you can craft them to be your ideal client through what you're sending them in the nurture phase. You're, mm. prep, you're prepping them to be ideal clients for you. You're not changing who they are by any means. You're expanding their minds on things that they can do that maybe they didn't realize they could do. You're educating them on the, how to make the best of your day, like where, how to get like the best lighting or like to keep simple things like keeping the, the, um, getting ready space clean. You can even yeah. pull things that you would take that you would put in like a welcome guide. They don't need that at that minute, but they might need it later on when they're planning yeah. stuff. And they might need help later on on like, you know, things that's where that's their that's where the true art of giving them the exact information they need at the exact time is so, so important. Um, yeah. So that's My mind like is blown. <laughs> this is like I'm like mentally taking notes because <laughs> I do send a welcome guide and I do send it like pretty well. I have like a questionnaire that I send and all these different things, but it does get sent out early on in the process. But I will say there are some clients, they will just like the full thing, digest it, like break it down. Like they follow it to a T. Like they could like recite that thing back to me every time <laughs> I get to their wedding. And then there are other clients where I just know that they did not look at it and they didn't, they just didn't, I don't know, they didn't find it interesting or whatever. And so that's just so helpful that you're like, what if you made it into a nurture sequence and you actually gave them like if you tell the yeah if you like you if you tell the brides like the brides if you tell like just like the bridal party hey mm -hmm. you need to have your spaces clean you need to have like natural light all that kind of stuff i don't know six eight months out they are not no. <laughs> they're not gonna care by the time they get no. to their or they're not gonna remember um so it kind of means nothing to them but once they actually get to that point if you send it out like much more time to that actual happening, like it's going to be so much more impactful. That's mind blown. <laughs> exactly. Yes. And like that, even I, that's such a good point. I want to talk about this if we could after, yeah. because you made a really good point of sometimes people like can recite your entire welcome guide and sometimes they could just care less. Yeah. Um, those are traits that you can pick up on in the initial inquiry, which I think Ooh. we should talk about after if you're cool with that. Oh, absolutely. After the podcast? <laughs> no, no, no. After this question, I got to finish the delivery phase. Oh, okay. <laughs> okay. Yes. Sounds good. Just remember because like I'm so bad. 
better memory. <laughs> well, so am I. That's why I'm reminding you. <laughs> Perfect. Okay. Delivery we'll try phase. to remind each other. Okay. Yeah. So then you have your nurture phase. <laughs> I'm trying to also remember this as I'm going. You have your nurture phase okay. and then you have your delivery phase. Cause I think a lot of people just like they send the photos. They're like, you know, I had a great time. Here's your photos yeah. and kind of just like leaving it that, but like the way that you leave an experience is just as, if not more important than the way you're onboarding. Cause it's the way people are going to remember. You got to like mm -hmm. wrap that up with a bow and like send it off with a bang because mm -hmm. that's how they're going to remember it. So I yes. think like it's, people are so caught up, which is great. You, every, every step is important. I think a lot of people get caught up in thinking like, the initial inquiry, like getting them booked in the onboarding phase. Like a lot of people focus on that saying that's the first thing that happens. They forget about the nurture phase. They forget about the offboarding phase, like the delivery part portion of it. Like even like sending a guide and sending a questionnaire of like how to write a testimonial, like how to craft a testimonial or like what happens after this, or now's a good time to talk about albums because yeah. in the welcome guide, they probably didn't care about it, but now that they have their photos back. They're like, we need this in an album. Yeah. Now's the time to talk about it. Like, you know what I mean? There's just yep. certain things. And that's kind of like making sure that your delivery, like offboarding phase is just as strong too, yep. that you're also still guiding them and giving them an experience during this portion too. Yeah, exactly. And, and that it, it's so freaking true that the last like interaction you have with them is genuinely like how they're going to remember you. And yeah. obviously it's not going to be the only thing they remember, hopefully, of course. but I do think it's going to be like very impactful. It's like the last yeah, it's like the last taste in your mouth of like that experience. So I think it's so important to not just be like, oh, here's your link and yes. <laughs> peace out. <laughs> See Hope ya. you like it. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> That's so freaking good. I love that. Um, we were just going to talk about your okay, literally forgot. See, this is my problem. <laughs> <laughs> no, I know. I was going to. So the like initial inquiry phase, I guess. Yes. Like, Kind of that thing, because there's the initial, like when people fill out your contact form, I think because you, this struck, like this reminded me when you said that with your welcome guide, some, some people, 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 some people do, some people don't. And these are traits that I think are really important to pick up on um, in the initial, like in the contact form people fill out to be able to like analyze and create like a custom response and custom experience for yeah. them, um, like back on what you said. So yeah. I feel like there's three things that you can pick up on from like an initial inquiry that if you're asking the right questions in your contact form, um, it's going to help you kind of like really deliver a, like a really custom response okay. and just be able to like have a, like create a deeper connection with them. And obviously like for me, like connection leads to conversion because yeah. like we're humans, we all desire that connection. And so when you're just sending the same type of response back to like standard things to, to it, initial inquiries, and then you're wondering why you're getting ghosted, you're wondering why right. you're not booking and like all these things, this can be why. And this could also like really help you customize and pick up things. Yeah. So there's three, three things that I like, um, to like really focus on number one is like, um, like picking up on like which basic human need they have. And so like the basic human needs, that's like a theory by like Tony Robbins and there's like six okay. basic human needs. And so you can kind of pick up on them, um, in their initial inquiry. So the first one is uh, called certainty and it's basically just the like assurance that something is going to happen or like for photography's sake that, um, like 
exactly what you have to offer them and like what your services are like exactly like they just want to know that mm-hmm. um so like kind of like a really straightforward and then another one is like variety so like they want to have options so again for photography's sake it might be someone who wants to have different package option options or maybe like they want to see their options on like locations and they mm-hmm. kind of want to be part of like how can like we switch this up um another one is significance and that's just kind of like the desire, I guess, to feel like important and needed yeah. and stuff like that. And that's kind of good for like photography to relate to photography. Someone who like maybe really values wanting to be published or mm. wanting like wanting their wedding published. Or you can like pick up on this if like their inquiry form is like their venue is really important to them and they are hiring the best planner and they are hiring the best venues and like this is what i like and showcasing like examples from publications and stuff like that you can maybe pick up pick up on that from an initial inquiry form okay they value significance therefore maybe when i'm crafting my initial response to them i'm going to include things blog posts and publications i've been featured or i'm going to showcase them some blog posts that here's what your wedding featured on my site could look like yeah um you know what i mean like customizing that back to them or even like going back to like the variety option if you can pick up that they like want to know options Mm -hmm. then you can like show them your location options or like make sure that you are create like showing them all of your options and stuff um another one is love and connection which um this obviously is my favorite so like if you take all these and like you rank like which ones you desire most it's kind of helpful but then you can also like pick up on it from like what your clients desire most too and stuff like that but um it's obviously just the desire to like wanting to feel like connected and like needed and stuff like that and so Obviously, like when you can, I, when I can pick up on this trait when it's important to people is when people go like all in on their proposal story, like all in, they want you to know, they like, they want you to feel connected to like their story that they had. And like, that's when I feel like I can really connect, um, the love and connection to them is being like, okay, that's what they, like, they really value. Yeah. Um, and the, like the other two I think are like growth and contribution, but like those ones like don't really apply as much to like a, an initial form. So that's kind of my first one, like of my three of how to like pick up on things is yep. like their basic human need basically. Um, that's so cool. It's yeah. almost like the, the five love languages, but it's yes. just like the basic human needs. Like, I think that's so fascinating. I remember reading, um, I think I want to say this is Donald Miller's story brand, but he basically talks a little bit about that. Like the key motivators for people are, and what, and what they are. And he touches on some of those. And I think that's like, so in- important to know, like yeah. what exactly, because again, for one person, it may be one thing. And for the next person, it may be completely different. And you have mm-hmm. to know how to like serve them based on who they are as a person, you know? Exactly. Um, and that's like, that's really funny you say that. Cause the next one for me is the love language thing. Uh-huh. So it's like, obviously like picking up on their love language because everyone perceives love so differently. Yes. So we shouldn't be responding to every inquiry the exact same. Right. Um, Cause like I was saying, someone who goes and like gushes over their proposal story and stuff like that, you can probably assume that their basic human need is love and connection. So uh-huh. they want, they want you to gush over that with them. And uh-huh. so then you can do that in their inquiry form yeah. with them. Um, but like with love language and stuff like that, we tend to treat people the way we perceive love. Like, 
like mm-hmm. like the way that like what we value from that too. So if you can pick up on their love languages from their contact form, like you'll just be able to deliver them like a more customized experience, um, like with how you're responding to them, which again, yeah. it's just ultimately leading to like, again, connection leads to conversion. And like, cause yeah. we as humans just want that connection. It's going to help you have a higher booking rate, just like the way you're responding and stuff like that. But for example, like if in their inquiry or like in their story that she mentions, like they're really a really PDA couple, then you can probably assume and like guess that both of their love language is like is physical touch. Yeah. You know what I mean? Or like if they talk about how like their favorite activity to, to, like, to do together is like maybe go to the lake and watch the sunset, then you probably know their like love language is quality time. Then yeah. you can kind of pick up on that and okay, how can we customize a session towards that? And like yeah. even giving those ideas back in initial inquiry form and, you know, just an example. So like once you kind of know that and can pick up on that, like it's just giving them a more customized experience. Yeah. Exactly. Do you ask them once they're booked, like what their love languages are? I do in their um, engagement session questionnaire. Okay. I straight up ask people because I always want to know, like, just like, I don't know. I think it's fascinating to know, like, straight off the bat, like, all right, what is it? Because again, there are certain people. I mean, if I were to get a gift from a photographer and it was like all these things, like I, I gotta be honest, it wouldn't do much for me, but for yeah. my wife, it would mean the world to her. Yeah. She's a gifts person. Uh-huh. And if I were to get like a note, I'm a, I'm a words person. So I like would love that. You know what I'm saying? So it's like, yes. so different for everybody and you just like never know and sometimes you just gotta straight up ask i know and that's why i ask in my engagement session questionnaire because then it's like i feel like that's the right time to ask because if i ask like in their contact form i'm like okay at this point in time that's not important to me right now like i just want to get you (laughs) yeah and i'm like i also just want to get you in my inbox so i can have control over the conversation i can take this and talk like have that communication of like I've already set up my workflow and communication that I know uh-huh. that works really well. So I will ask that like after we're booked, like after like when I'm prepping for our engagement session. Okay, basically. can I talk about that as well? Yes, yes. I think that's very important. Um, I have like very strong feelings on contact forms mm-hmm. because I actually think that so many people are like shooting themselves in the foot with their contact forms, like. Some yes. of the questions they ask are just like so bad. But actually, one of the things that um, I find are is, is a big mistake a lot of photographers make, and you can fight me on this. I, I'm totally open to like different thoughts, but is long contact forms. Yes, and I think that I agree. really long contact forms are very bad client experience because mm-hmm. there's a you know you have to understand. I mean, we'd all like to think that <laughs> we're the only photographer they're reaching out to, but we're it's not. Like, it's <laughs> often very not true. Yes, um, and so like they are oftentimes going to like five different photographers frankly they're probably going to like 10 to 20 different vendors in general if not more and they have to fill out so many contact forms so if they come to your contact form and they're like you know like 20 questions deep and and you're asking all these things it's so difficult to get them over the hump like for me i'm like literally i've got to be honest my contact form is so simple it's like names date what type of shoot tell me about yourselves. Look, I kind of say like, tell me anything you want. And yeah. then I say, um, how did you hear about me? Cause just, I want to know. Yeah. And, um, that's basically it because I'm like, 
literally you can like send me like solar flares to just get in my inbox and then we can talk because now i have control over the situation whereas like before you are inquiring i have no control 100 a hundred percent i am so on board with that and that's exactly that my resonates at all but. that's 100 percent my standpoint too like you just want to get people in your inbox you yep. don't want to overcomplicate it you don't yeah like i see people asking questions it's like well, they might not know the answer. They might yeah. not know. And then they're going to get overwhelmed and not fill it out. And then you yeah. have no control, like you said. And so it's like, I 100% agree with that. Or even, even some of like, and not that we're all all trying to like greedily get the highest paying clients, but I will say a lot of photographers are looking for higher paying clients. And, and the reality is, I'm going to tell you that like a lot of higher paying clients are actually very busy business mm-hmm. professionals mm-hmm. or they're, yeah, they're, they're professionals in some sort of space. Maybe they're medical professionals and yeah. they don't have a lot of time. And so like the, the, a big pain point for a lot of those types of people is time. And so if you can save that time for them right off the bat, you're automatically giving them an incredible client experience right up front. Exactly. A hundred percent. And that's what I think a lot of people forget about like who their ideal client is, like yeah. where they're hanging out and what they're doing with their time. Yeah. Because I'm if you are that. trying, yeah, if you are trying to attract more of a premium client, they might not even have time to be on Instagram. So yes. like, don't put all of your marketing you know, efforts into Instagram because your premium client might not be on Instagram. (laughs) And like, exactly like you said, they might not have time to fill out, take the time to fill out this long contact form. Mm -hmm. So like, that's exactly, I agree completely with that. Um, Yeah. I love it. Yeah. Okay. So I have another question for you. Okay. Um, In terms of like pricing yourself Mm -hmm. and then profitability, I think a lot of people would maybe say to themselves, I'd love to get my client experience up there. However, um, I f- maybe it doesn't impact as directly profitability or their higher pricing as maybe something else would. And and what would you say to that person? Like if, if someone had the opportunity to, of like, okay, I can put my time towards um, getting better at sales. I can put my time towards getting better at marketing or um, something like that. Or I can put my time towards getting my client experience better. Um, I think a lot of people would say, oh, like marketing is so much more important. But how would you say, now, wait a minute, this is why client experience is important and this is why you need to prioritize it too. Oh, I love this question because I think a lot of people, like I said, we get so distracted by like the shiny things of like, I think of like branding and marketing and like being present on social media, like that's shiny things because that's what people are seeing up front. But like, if that's what you're putting all of your effort into without focusing and lifting up and working on the back end of things, you're going to be funneling all these people into a funnel that's broken and not even set up or not working. And so when you have that solid funnel on the back end, and have that sound, that's when I think you should be putting now, when you have that done, now put the effort into shifting into marketing. Because now you can go ham on that because you've done the work on the back end to get that funnel all set up and running and your workflows and systems all set in place that all you have to focus on is marketing. You just get those wheels running. You just mm-hmm. get going. You hit the ground running with that. Yeah, and- no, that that is so good. And <laughs> It's funny because, you know, even like when I'm talking to beginner photographers or people that are kind of just getting their business set up, a lot of times the question is, 
what do I put my time towards first? Mm -hmm. What do I kind of prioritize first? Because there's so many things and everyone's telling you this, 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 that, and the other thing. And it's so overwhelming sometimes. It's so much. (laughs) But like what you're saying, all the marketing in the world is going to funnel people nowhere if you don't have like the last linchpin set up, if you don't have mm-hmm. these last client experience and these funnels set uh, set in place so that you actually convert them. Because like, it's like you, you can't even put your time and money towards any of that. Like some people will say, don't ever put your money towards ads, towards paid ads until your organic funnel is basically working very exactly. smoothly. And yeah. so the paid will basically just scale what's already there, Mm -hmm. which I totally agree with. And in the same way, like even a step before that, don't put all your time and effort towards marketing until you have these structures in place, you know? Exactly. Like that's what I see. I agree with you too, is people, because it's it's so much, there's so much like, and everyone's telling you, you should be doing this. You should be focusing on this. And let's be real. There's a ton that goes into running a business yeah. and like a running a photography, photography business. And like, there's so much to it. So it's like what I have found personally that just gave me more, like if I would go back and like save me so much time is I would have started on the back end first because mm. once the marketing, like you said, once that starts going, then it's like, then you have to work backwards and go fix that because then you're going to get all these people, but you're not giving them a good experience. So they're not going to give like good referrals and yeah. give good testimonials and you're not going to give them a good experience. And therefore like that kind of directly relates into pricing because yeah. if you don't have the client experience to back up charging the prices you do, like I don't think you can just charge premium prices and say it's yeah. because you're worth it. Like yeah. I, that's like a, a just an opinion of mine that I don't think you can just charge it and say like, oh, well, I'm worth it. Like, of course you are. But like, you have to have the things on that. You have to have the client experience mm-hmm. to back it up though. You can't mm-hmm. just, like, you have to have that set in place. Um, yeah. And I think that's the biggest thing. Like that was the biggest difference for me from going to like charging $900, $1,200 for weddings and being stuck in that like lower budget um, like range to like having like more charging, more premium prices and being able to even like offer five figure packages. And like, mm-hmm. of course there's a lot that goes into that, but I truly believe it was because of the client experience and like yeah. the back end foundations that you're able to like have set in place to help you do that. And I think yeah. that that like client experience directly ref- like it's a direct reflection on your pricing and being able to correlate that because you can't, I'm just trying to think of something else that would justify the price. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> and like, well, I can't. All, yeah. It's like, you can all, you can always say like, oh, well I'm worth it. And all this kind of stuff, which we hear that language hear spoken so a lot all the time. <laughs> but the fact of the matter is like, aside from that, like warm, fuzzy feeling that we mm-hmm. get when we hear that you do have to understand and make sure that you have the value to back it up. Ultimately, it's going to be so hard to sell if you don't have that value there. Like you're sub like subconsciously are going to be like, I'm not worth this or not. It's not even you. That's the thing. It's not, it's not the you is your product is your service Mm -hmm. worth what you're charging and what you're asking for you. Cause you have to first convince yourself, like convincing yourself (laughs) is the hardest part. And then once you know that yourself, then you can easily sell it. You know what I mean? A hundred percent. This kind of like flows into maybe the opposite problem that someone would have. So like on one hand you could say like, 
oh, um, someone wants to charge a lot more because, you know, without the client experience there. But let's say someone were to like, they're in the situation where they're like, I just don't really want to charge more necessarily because it makes me uncomfortable. And I feel like, I don't know, like I can just charge less and maybe I can cut some corners in my client experience. I don't know. Like, I don't know if that question makes any sense, but just kind of like in the sense of, do you think that charging less and then like cutting the corners is serving the client just so that you can book them and so that they can use you as their photographer? Um, or is it like, oh, you're, you're not really serving, <laughs> serving them there? <laughs> yeah, that's such a, that's a really good question because it's like, everyone's goals I think are a little bit different like do you want to be a hobby like low budget photographer is are yeah. you okay with that like that's okay like if that's something you want to do if that's something you want to keep on the side like a side thing and just kind of be a low budget photographer that's great or are you someone who wants to kind of grow this like you want to grow your business you want to kind of step up and be like an in-demand photographer like what does that look like because I think the bridge from the low low budget photographer to the in-demand photographer is client experience. And of course, client experience is everything that trickles down underneath yeah. that. But um, it, it's not necessarily, but like, here's the thing too, like there are some clients out there that don't want an experience. Like I, yeah. like there are some people, therefore they might go to those lower budget photographers, but there's also people out there, like a lot, a lot more people out there that do value an experience, that yes. do value good photos, and they do value what you have to offer them. Because what you have to offer them is something different than anyone else can offer mm -hmm. offer them. Because you are your own self and you are your own client experience. And mine is different than yours. Yours is different. Everyone's is so different. And that's like what makes you stand out in like mm -hmm. a saturated market, as everybody is saying, like, that's what makes you stand out. And that's what makes you different. And so I think, you know, if you want to become like, more of like an like in demand photographer, that be like elevating your client experience is like direct reflection on like your pricing. And I do think that like client experience is a direct reflection on your pricing too. Mm -hmm. Like that yeah. I think helps increase it. And so if that is your ultimate goal, I do think that's like right. the bridge that needs to be. Yeah. It's like it has to reflect. The goals yeah. 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 Does that Absolutely. answer your question? <laughs> Absolutely does. Yes. Perfectly. So, um, final questions. Yes. What are you super passionate about in your life right now, both personally and professionally? Just like what's what's like lighting you up right now? Yeah, this is like a hard and easy one. Like personal life, like that's it's just my family, like my daughter and my husband. Like yeah. every single like second I get with them, I just spend time, especially like summer. It's so fun. And Hazel's at such a fun age. That's so like every single second I get with them, I'm just spending time with them oh, and family and like that. doing fun activities. I already have like a little fall list of like fun fall activities I want to do with them. <laughs> so it's amazing. like literally, yeah, like Hazel's like the best part of my day. Like I just mm, love her so much. That's so, so that's, cool. Yeah, I love it. But and professionally, what do you think? Professionally, I just feel like I've just been able to have such a cool transition. Like we talked about earlier on in the podcast of like being able to help people. And I know you love to do the same thing, Nathan. Mm -hmm. So it's like, it's just so cool to like help other people, and like other yeah. photographers, like live out their like best business and like best life yep. with that too. So like, like like my coaching calls with my students and like that like completely lights me up. Like it's yeah. crazy when you're just living out like what we talked about, like the true calling that you just were just 
undoubtedly called to do at that moment. Like that's just, that's completely, it's just been like what lights me up and makes me so excited. So cool. Yeah. That's so cool. One of my, um, one of my friends, they said, I'm going to botch this quote right now, <laughs> but it was such a good quote. Isn't that the worst? <laughs> but basically they said something to the tune of, um, find a service that you love to do that like makes you money and then don't ask the Lord for money. Just ask the Lord for people to serve. Yes. And I was just like that literally just like, I don't know, because I think serving people is just, and, and finding joy and like getting in, getting your eyes off yourself and just off the selfishness and helping others oh instead is just the key to happiness. Genuinely. <laughs> I could not agree more. And like, that's exactly even like what I do. I'm like, yeah. I just want to be able to serve this person. And like people even come to me and it just makes me cry every time. Cause they're like, I just was really praying and like, Aww. just to make sure that like, this was the right calling for yeah. me. And like, this was laid on my heart. And it's like, that just like completely yeah. makes me lose it. Cause I'm like, yeah. that's, I know I'm like, I'm doing like this is what i'm yeah. supposed to be doing i know it's you're so the exact cool. same way and you're too. like wow this is like amazing um I, i'm even just like oh my gosh like the lord brought you to me all right rachel well hey thank you so much for jumping on this was so good this definitely was like not I it just genuinely was not what I was expecting this podcast to be. And it was like 10 times better than I thought. So oh like, I'm so happy about this and I can't wait to share it. Um, where can we find you online? Where can we learn more from you? All this stuff. Yes. So um, my Instagram is at Rachel Traxler. I also have the Gold Biz Podcast. Otherwise, you can go to my website at www.racheltraxler.com. All the goodies will be all over there. I love it. And we'll link all your things in the show notes so that people can have it very easily. Um, all right. Thank you so much for coming on. Thank so you. Good. Oh my gosh. Yeah, so hope, fun. Hope you have a great rest of your day. Thanks. You too. Okay. Seriously, what a fun episode this was. I really hope you enjoyed it as much as I did doing it because it was super fun. And also, if you found this episode helpful, make sure you screenshot and share it to your story and tag me at Rachel Traxler and at Nathan Chansky so that we can share the love in return. Thank you so much for listening today. Keep shining and we'll see you next time.